Today on Conversations with Clint, we will be talking about legislation that directed $625 million of the federal CARES money to counties across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania for COVID-related expenses and challenges that it created. Senate Bill 1108 was signed into law and is now Act 2A of 2020, and it was signed into law actually in late May. And I'm joined today by Mark Rice uh, from Tyler County and Matt Williams from Bradford County to talk about just how important this bill was and the process uh, that each county uh, has to invest this money. We're also gonna be posting information uh, about what uh, Potter County is looking at and uh, the process that they're gonna put in place. So thank you so much for joining us. We hopefully, hopefully this is helpful. And we'll also post the links in our e-news that we put out on Friday. So thank you, Mark and Matt, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, uh, Clint. We really appreciate the opportunity. First, briefly talk about, um, we'll start with you, Matt. Uh, briefly talk about the challenges that you've seen um, at, at the county level there in Bradford County due to COVID-19. Yeah, uh, certainly. Uh, the biggest issues that we've seen here in Bradford County as we try and navigate through some of this stuff, um, it really boils down to the changing, the ever-changing capacity restrictions that are put in place on our small businesses and other organizations that operate here in the county. Uh, certainly some of them have been able to adapt a little more quickly than others, but it has severely limited normal operations for the most part across the board. Um, the small business issues certainly are uh, well known, uh, especially related to our restaurants and other service-based businesses because their livelihood really depend on in-person transactions, even when you're talking about takeout and, and drive up sorts of things. Um, to that end, we've already sponsored two separate rounds of small business support programs that were funded through county royalty funds that we get from our county parks, and then a second through the CDBG Coronavirus Supplemental Fund Program. And we've done that in coordination with the Progress Authority, who is our economic development agency here. Uh, the, the more unseen issue, and perhaps just as pressing for us, are the stresses that have been put on our community support organizations and our mm -hmm. nonprofits. I mean, these organizations are really key to supporting our communities and local economies. And most of them have seen not only an increase in demand for their services, but they've also seen a reduction in revenue because they're normally fund. A lot of them are funded through uh, fundraisers and other types of events that they've been had to cancel or at least reduce capacity at related to these restrictions. And, and of course, this includes our tourism-based industries such as our fairs and festivals, and then other events, venues, you know, things that hold like weddings and large gatherings that double as community spaces when they're not being used that way. Um, and you know, really, these events fund their operations for the entire year, and they've had to cancel them. So, you know, that's kind of the big things that we've seen, you know, ancillary to all the rest of the public health and safety stuff. Yeah. Mark, you're probably seeing similar, I mean, we serve a similar area. Bradford County, for those of you who are listening in, is just to the east of Tyler County, but very similar in, you know, demographics, you know, operations, industries, everything. Mark, what else are you seeing um, in Tyler County? Yeah, we're seeing, you know, the main issue, you know, the same issues as Potter County. Um, early on, the commissioners uh, created a COVID-19 task force in conjunction with the local health care providers, school districts, human services, and, you know, many of the, of the leaders, I think yourself, too, um, uh, many leaders across Tyler County to come together and, you know, talk about the issues that we're seeing. Um, but uh, 
you know, the challenges early on with the shutdown were mainly economic, um, with many of the small businesses uh, being mandated to shut their doors. Um, and then, you know, shortly after that, closing the schools and, you know, left our uh, workforce um, teaching their children, you know, trying to work from home, you know, just putting strain on, on home life. Um, plus the, you know, public events across the county uh, were canceled, including the Laurel Festival. I don't know if that's ever been canceled before, um, but that's been ongoing for, you know, quite a long time. Um, you know, the partnership uh, took on a big role in our community to uh, implement a masking campaign. You know, one thing that we saw during reopening uh, was trying to get the local businesses to require um, consumers to mask when they come through the door. So that was a big thing that they helped with, um, you know, as well as providing good and goods and services to the at-risk population. Um, you know, they helped out with that a lot. Um, and then, you know, following the ever-evolving CDC guidelines for these small businesses and restaurants is, has been almost crippling, you know, to our local economy and, and these small businesses. Yeah, and the tourism industry is a big deal in both counties. People, people, this is these are destination counties. People love coming here, spending time here. And why wouldn't they? We serve awesome counties. Um, but the economic impact of of what we're seeing, I mean, especially our restaurants and, and tourism folks, they they rely on uh, folks to come and they rely on good profits in the summer to help them get through the winter. Because let's let's face it, it does get a little barren up here at times in the winter, and that's we love that. We love that time, too. But let's talk a little bit about local control. That was this was something that um, Senate Bill 1108, we really pushed for. We got it through. It provided six hundred and twenty five million dollars of the federal CARES money to go to the 60 counties that did not receive it in the first round. And uh, that includes Bradford, Tioga, Potter County. They all received some of this money. And we, we, we fought for this. We, we know that one size does not fit all here in Pennsylvania. So let's talk a little bit about this um, and the, the role that it can play as we're distributing it through uh, the counties um, here. Let's, it was based on population. Um, each county has received some of this money. Let's start with you, Mark, on this one. How has Tioga County, how much has they, how much, Let's start with you, Mark, on this one. How much money has Tioga County received? And talk a little bit about uh, what's being done to direct that money to COVID-related expenses and challenges that we've seen. Yeah, so, um, you know, the funding announcement was made back in June, uh, and the, the commissioners first took action by passing a resolution on June 23rd that allowed us to apply for these dollars. Um, we applied for six or sorry, $3.6 million in funding and received that funding in early July, uh, early to mid July, and have since partnered or partnered with um, the Tioga County Partnership with Community Health and Develop Tioga uh, to administer these this grant program and help the local businesses and organizations apply. Um, we know that the just to apply, you need to have uh, you know, fill out the application and, and have all your financials together. Um, you know, they've committed to uh, helping local businesses with that. Um, and then these dollars uh, are specifically committed uh, to offset um, the county's costs for the COVID-19 direct response 
planning and outreach efforts, um, including purchasing PPE, um, grants to small businesses with fewer than uh, 100 employees, and then tourism-related businesses. Um, assistance for municipalities, and again, same, same guidelines with the COVID-19 responses and planning efforts and purchasing PPE. Um, Non-for-profits uh, with 501c3s and 501c19s uh, can apply for this money as well for lost revenue. Um, and priority for these funding, uh, or this CARES Act funding, uh, will be given to businesses that have not received any COVID-19 grant funds to date. Matt, how about you? What's, what, uh, talk a little bit about Bradford County, uh, how much they received and what the plan is to get this, uh, these resources out to, to the community. Yeah, sure. And uh, our process was very similar to what Mark described. These funds were announced in mid-June and we got a, a whopping four days to pull an application together which was a lot of fun, you know, working through that. But so Bradford County received 5.4 million as part of the program. And as Clint mentioned, this was population based. So we, we do have a little bit larger population than Tioga does, um, which is where the, the, the difference comes from. Uh, first and foremost, our commissioners are committed to help fill gaps with our first responding agency, um, almost all of which are volunteer staffed and primarily fundraiser supported. Um, everybody knows the financial burden that our fire companies consistently deal with in a year to year basis. And this has really just enhanced those issues. Um, the loss or closure for one fire department in our county, you know, second largest county by area in the state is a huge would be a huge loss to the community. I mean, you're talking significantly increased um, delays in response, which could lead to additional deaths or loss of life and property, um, neither of which is very palatable. Um, secondly, you know, we're looking to support our nonprofits and community organizations to make sure that they can continue to provide the necessary services to support our residents. I mean, we're talking about everything from the United Way to our food pantries, you know, across the board, um, all of which have seen pretty huge increases in demand throughout this. And then, as, as Mark mentioned, you know, the county also is in an unfortunate, you know, we kind of been backed into a corner with some of the social distancing guidelines and things. A lot of the county facilities are pretty old and, and you know, small offices, tight quarters. So, you know, we, we're in a position where we either have to reduce staff capacity within our current offices, which reduces service to the public, which we don't want to do, or, you know, we have to look to expand our current operations and, and make room to allow for social distancing and things like that. Um, those are kind of the, the broad topics. I know additionally, the count, our county has been working for a long time on a broadband build out dark fiber project in coordination with our EDA. Uh, certainly, that's become more necessary than ever. Um, we are going. We are looking to expand the broadband network in the county to support uh, distance learning and teleworking opportunities. Um, we've done that through um, a couple different me methods. One, first of which is we are doing our own broadband build out, which is kind of a, a pilot project. We, we consider it a pilot project, you know, in the northern part of the state for how to enhance broadband in rural areas. But ancillary to that, we've been working with Department of Ed and Pima through the Information Technology Disaster Resource Center to help install hotspots at various public locations across the county. Uh, specifically, we were looking for municipal buildings, fire companies, libraries, or other community spaces. Um, because of the broad 
coverage area that our school districts have here. We have kids that have to drive, you know, 45 minutes one way to reach their school facility. So even ones that don't have good internet service, it wasn't really realistic for them to have to drive all the way to school to download and upload assignments and then drive home. And we thought if we could increase those, those hotspot footprints, we could help reduce that burden on the parents with, you know, what we're looking at likely as some sort of hybrid learning system as we go back into the school year. That's what I love about this. You know, that folks right there is a great example of local control and why that's so important. Our, our local county officials understand and know the needs directly affecting their constituents and their community. So each plan is gonna look a little bit different and that's the beauty of it, that you can address specific needs. And that's why we, we really fought for this, this money to be pushed out to the counties directly. Um, let's talk a little bit now about time frame, Matt. Um, what are what if folks apply for any of this money or are looking to get it? What's the time frame? You guys got the money early. You said July was it? So yeah, we got we got it in early July. Um, and we're so I know a lot of the other counties based on some conference calls and stuff we've been on pushed out applications pretty early. Um, we were more in a wait and see kind of approach, waiting for additional guidance from DCD. Um, the inference, because the whole grant guidelines were was four pages. You know, for us, we didn't really feel our and our controllers and stuff didn't want to spend money that we ran the risk on having to pay back in some fashion or form. Right. So, you know, we kind of developed some preliminary applications. DCD did hold an informational call yesterday, and I think we kind of hit all the targets they were looking for. So our fire company relief program is the first one that's going to get rolled out. Um, we finalized that application today. I expect the commissioners to make a formal announcement within the week. And then after that, we're going to move to the community supporting organizations and nonprofits. And we should have that out, I expect, probably in late late August, early September. And then the small business support, like I mentioned before, we funded two rounds of that now. Um, we still do have some funding available in the second round through the Progress Authority, and we can talk about that a little later. But because that mechanism is already in place, our, our intent there with the small businesses and what we assume is going to be potential additional stimulus dollars going into already existing programs is just kind of monitor that monitor that in coordination with the progress authority and then you know if we have to divert some of those funds just to help you know keep some doors open on some of these mom and pop shops we already have that mechanism in place to do so and then as far as you know the rest of it we're just kind of rolling with as as we can the the big hurdle really is going to be getting it all spent by September 30 or December 30 which is the the cutoff. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really it is if we could ask you the legislators for anything, if you could get us a little bit more time on that, we would appreciate it. <laughs> well, that was the, that was the federal piece of it. One of the parts that, I mean, all of it's got to be gone um, by then. Uh, and the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> so Mark, talk a little bit about um, Tyree County. What's the, what's the grant application process going to look like? Yes, we made a availability of funding announcement July 24th, um, and during that time, we uh, created a grant application uh, with FAQs, and we released that application August 3rd, so you know Monday of this week. Um, we've already gotten 10 applicants or applications for small business. Uh, we opened our small business and our non-for-profit uh, grant round at the same time. And that round runs through August 17th. Um, applications are due by 4:30 on the 17th, and then we plan to, uh, you know, put that funding uh, announcement together 
and uh, release awards mid-September. Um, you know, in the meantime, we're going to coordinate with DCD and, you know, make sure all those uh, awards will qualify for this funding. You know, there is there is not a lot of guidance out there. So, again, we don't want to expend money that we have to pay back or, you know, entity has to pay back. So we're being very mm -hmm. mindful of that, much like uh, Bradford County. Um, and then again, the big thing is uh, that you guys already hit on is getting that money spent uh, before 1230 of this year. Let's talk about um, if a business or a fire company or a nonprofit is looking to to reach out to you guys. Give some contact information. Um, what's the what is the very best way for a small business or one of these you know a fire company organization to reach out to you? Yeah, so uh, potential applicants can be found um, can find applications on. Uh, three websites. It's Tioga County Partnership for Community Health, uh, Develop Tioga, and then the Tioga County uh, website. Um, Non-for-profits, Fire and Ambulance Association should direct questions to the Tioga County Partnership for Community Health and Sue Stickland. Um, you know, she's been great to, to get those non-for-profits uh, the information they need. Um, and for small business municipalities and police, police departments, um, Kristen Hamilton is the contact there for Develop Tioga. Great, Matt, how about Bradford County? Yeah, so the fire company's application, like I said, will be released sometime within the next week. Um, the commissioners will do a formal press release and we'll get those applications up on the Bradford County website and the Facebook page. Um, contact for that will be the Bradford County Department of Emergency Management, um, Sarah Neely, or myself in the planning office. Um, the nonprofit support program, the same same measure, the applications will go up on our website and there will be a formal announcement once they've generated exactly what the program's gonna be. I know that currently they have a funding number in, in mind, but um, they said it, certainly it could expand depending on the need and the volume of applications that we get in. And those, the contact for that would be the planning office or the, grant, the Bradford County Grants Office, Megan Johnson is the contact on that one. And then, um, Small businesses should contact the Progress Authority directly, and we do still have some funding available in the second round of our small business program. And we would encourage them, even if that money gets fully expended, to keep calling the Progress Authority because if we have to, like I said, if we have to divert more money over there to cover some more of this stuff, then we certainly will, depending on the need um, that we see. Great. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. And did we miss anything? Any closing thoughts? I, I guess just uh, we do appreciate having local control of the funding. A lot of this stuff is coming at us so quick that we don't have time to catch our breath. Um, this one's been at least we we had the opportunity to help develop the programs and everything, which, as you alluded to, you know, we kind of have a, a f our finger on the pulse of our local communities and where, you know, the, the most dire needs exist. Um, the other thing is, is just with that December 30th timeline, once these programs do get announced, you know, don't don't delay on submitting applications or asking for help. You need to get them in as quickly as possible so we can get them expedited in the payments process. So so if you have questions, don't hesitate. Give us a call and we'll get you the information that you need. Mark? Yeah, and just from Tioga County, I mean this this money is going to be very important or is very important uh, you know, to our tourism related businesses, not for profits and small businesses. I mean that's what makes Tioga County run. So Appreciate all your hard work you're doing for us and, and representing us. Thank you.
Well, thank you both for joining us today and for the hard work that you've both put into this. And also send our thanks to the commissioners who have been a big help making sure that you know, we're supporting those who have been hit so hard uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic. I know that we all hope that these uh, resources will be there quickly. Um, and they're just so everybody knows the counties are doing their best to get it there as soon as possible. So please reach out if you have any questions.